As I'm sure you've noticed, the sound quality of the last couple podcasts has not been that great for agency intelligence or agents influence. I do apologize. I've built a new studio in the basement of my home with all new equipment so I can make the sound better for you, and I'm fine-tuning the details. Thanks for your patience, and once again, thanks for being a loyal listener. This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers agents i guess i took a slightly different path coming to the agency i know a lot of agencies you can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market this is ai podcast are you ready i am let's go all right all right all right welcome to another episode of agency intelligence where i give you real agents inside real agencies giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there this is Cass, and today i'm here with daniel song if any of you don't know you probably know who daniel is and and if you do you know what an inspiration he is to our industry But before, if this is the first one you've heard Daniel on, I encourage you to rewind back to 2020, um, and I want you to look at what Daniel and I did then, because you really get the gut and get the deep, uh, dive deep into his story and uh, what his agency means to him today. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I want you to get that because I will tell you it's one of the few times that I've had a lot of loyal listeners tell me that they were emotionally almost brought to tears. Um, And because it's a story of America, it's a story of hard work, it's a story of what the independent industry can give you, it's the story just about hope and direction and just trying to give the best you can to your family. And that's what this is all all about. Um, so, uh, Daniel, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Well, thank you, Jason, and uh, very humbled that you would actually invite me here twice. So, thank you. Yeah, and, and it was an easy thing to do. I mean, it was an easy thing to do. So, um, loyal listeners, really, once again, just to catch you guys up, we were doing, um, we uh, kind of ran around in some of the same circles, and I reached out to Daniel, wanted to bring him on, as I always want to do. I want to provide the best content and the most real-life uh, examples of how awesome this industry is, and also some of the challenges, because there are a lot of those. Let's not just act like it's just all cream cheese around here. Some people may not like cream cheese, Daniel, so they say, well, that's nasty. I like cream cheese. Me and my dog, we eat cream cheese and bagels all the time. Anyway, so I think that it's you are the reason why we are – you're an example of who we are. And so what I did is I brought him on the podcast. He came on my podcast. I said, hey, you need people need to know who you are. Since then, he's been on a lot of podcasts. And I want to talk about that relationship that he has had and what he's learned and how he's achieved. And now he's a mastermind member, has been for over a year. He contributes inside there with giving us little tips on things he can do with social media media and how he expands his brand. Um, and uh, he's just a fabulous guy. And if you're better together and you're with IAOA, you know Daniel's in there as well. Um, and we heavily at Agency Intelligence support IAOA because that's where a lot of people just start out when they're first getting into this. And they're like, I don't know where to go. And they go there. And so uh, I highly thank you, Dave Jackson. Thank you, Nicholas Ayers. Thank you, Brandon Smith. And thank you, Grant Botma, for having that vision seven, eight years ago because it's still carried on. And hashtag 
better together. It's people like me and you, Daniel, that have got to know each other through organizations like that. And that's enabled us to carry on the legacy of how great this industry is doing our part. Right. So um, real quick, because some people won't go back and listen. iPhone or Droid user? iPhone. iPhone. What's the last app you downloaded, Daniel? Uh, funny enough, I'm a little late to the game, but it's TikTok. Dude, TikTok. My wife and I were just talking about this this morning. Um, let's pause here for a minute. What do you think about TikTok initially? You know, I thought it was something that the kids did. So having teenagers, right? And I never, I never understood what it was. I still don't know what chat, Snapchat is. But I, so we started TikTok literally on the first of the year. And... I was blown away, Jason, because I th- it's one of the most powerful platforms. And the reason why I say that is because you could have zero followers. You can post a one-minute video and you can reach 5 million people. Mm-hmm. It's quite phenomenal. It's quite yeah. phenomenal. But we just, we just wanted to kind of um, make some memories with the kids. Right, because we had a family member who who recently had a stroke, and now they're just in the hospital. They're not able to do the things that they were able to do. So I thought, you know what? I, I would hate for that to happen to me. So I wanted to create some memories, and I thought if we created a TikTok, it would be there forever, and the kids could always go back and you know view those memories of me. Of me. But we have it's it's a daily thing now. It's it's mm-hmm. really fun. And it is fun. And Daniel, you know what my wife and I are talking about this morning? She's downloaded it. And I noticed in the last two weeks, she's been on it a lot. So here you are. You know how things go in America. For some reason, there's something that catapults us all a lot as a society to do things. Um, I learn a lot. Like I learn a ton. The, um, the, uh, the, the astrophysicists that are out there that we see on TV all the time, they have their own TikTok channels and they'll explain like weird phenomenons. Like why does this happen? Elon Musk is always posting on there and I'm learning about his space program. I'm learning how to do common core math. I'm f- phenomenal. I, I'm fascinated with common core math. I know I see why other parents hate it out there because it's not what we were taught. And now we're trying to teach our kids that. But overall, when you look at different math problems and how they do it in other countries, I'm like, my God, I wish I would have been taught this. This is so much easier. Um, I'm learning about coyote greyhound hunting. If you guys have ever, I didn't know about this, but hashtag greyhound hunters, go look at it out there. Kind of makes me a little bit sad sometimes, but it's something that gets done in society. But you learn, I learn things. I really truly do. You know how it is, Danny. You, you try to do them dance moves. You're just like, okay, make it so easy, you know? And then all of a sudden when you start trying to do it, it just don't look the same, right? You know what I mean? So, So I think it's taken a bad rap. But I'll be honest with you, it's kind of nice. You get away from the political junk. You know, you're just kind of seeing. I will tell you one of the downfarts, downfarts, downparts, is you can go down a rabbit hole quickly on that thing. Am I right about that, Daniel? Exactly. You know, we don't watch cable TV anymore because we're always on our phones now, right? But the nice thing about TikTok is it's just being you, Mm -hmm. you know? It's not the Facebook, the Instagram, the LinkedIn posts. It's just you being you in your daily life. And I think that's what the audience really, uh, uh, they lean towards. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really kind of cool. And it's interesting because how every platform kind of has their kind of theme. So it's, we're, have, we're having a ton of fun with it. And, you know, before TikTok, we thought, okay, what could the next possible social right. media platform look like? And now here we are and it's like, well, damn, how did we ever go out without this? You know, I think it's a um, it's a uh, 
it's um it's a it's a sister of the stories right where people are pasting these little bitty things and we try to paste them together as a story and also it's amazing how talented people in the world are i mean you'll see people um that have specialties and things that you never would have thought they had specialty things and i think to myself well maybe that's because in their country they don't have the opportunities we do so this is what they found to be good and um amazing people out there things that do people with dogs and Another one, if you guys want to follow somebody out there, is the Red Bull um, Red Bull uh, Aerial Team, I think is what it is. And they do some phenomenal things. Once again, I don't want to go on too much, but I find TikTok to be a fascinating thing that I watch a lot more instead of Netflix at night sometimes anymore. So yeah, pretty crazy. Here. Pretty crazy. Seven billion people in the world. You're going to get new content all the time. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I love to win. I love to win. And driving in... I wasn't sure if you were going to ask these questions again, but I was thinking mm-hmm. about it. And I and I think the first time I was on, I answered, I love to win. And it still holds true today because I don't think you wake up thinking, oh, man, um, I I hope I learned something from that loss. And naturally, I, I, I think you wake I up and just thinking about the celebration, thinking about the way it makes you feel, thinking about the the, the all the work that you did to get to this point um, and, and all the work. Yes, you learn something along the way, but I don't think you do put in all that work to lose to learn. I think you ultimately put in the work to score the touchdown, hit the home run. That's right. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that. Luck or skill will get you where you are. Luck. Luck. Um, I, I don't think there's anything new that I'm doing or any skill when I first got into the sales game, within five minutes, I was, they put me on the phone. I just picked it up and dialed the number. And I just said, hello. That took no skill at all, right? But I was lucky enough that that person picked up. I was lucky enough to be hired. And I was lucky enough to actually have the, uh, the, 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 or I don't know, the, the gut to pick up that phone call. Mm-hmm. So I, I contributed to luck. I always tell people I'm not the smartest person in the room. Um, but it's it's just it's luck that I think of. You know, I think a lot of insurance agents are not, and agency owners are not the smartest people in the room. But sometimes I think we're the most amazing, and I think there's a difference, right? There's a difference, and we've learned that. Um, I won't go off on that story. There was another thing I was going to talk about, but that's that's really really important what you say there because I know a lot of agents, and whenever you get to know us them personally, or they get to know me personally, you'll start to really find out that I got a scope that I'm really knowledgeable in, and then the rest of it I just try to hang out with people who happen to be knowledgeable in that scope. Right? I try to double down on my strengths and forget my weaknesses, and if that's what I think that that's kind of what you're alluding to. So that's uh. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And it doesn't surprise me from knowing your story that you would say that you would say luck. I, uh, I think that that's, that's vital. Take us back to uh, high school. Give us that abbreviation for two or three minutes of where you got and how you got there. It's a long story, and I encourage people to go back and listen to it. But give us a uh, how we got to park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grew up in uh, – born in 1979 in Korea, came out, moved out here, and uh, never was the school kid. Uh, and I, I, I went to the Marine Corps right after high school for four years, got honorably discharged, went to school. While I was going to school, I got married, um, had, uh, you know, and then got a part-time job. 
and I, I, I figured out I was pretty good in the sales game. So I, we opened our own business. Uh, and then that kind of crashed right around 07. I was in the mortgage business and it really was just lost. Um, I was 24, 25. I really didn't know what to do, where to go, who to talk to. But we thought about this insurance thing because just like everybody else thinks, everybody needs it. Um, and and I, I didn't know a single soul in PNC. And, but I, I was intrigued by the renewals. I was intrigued by, wow, you know, we don't have to go after that big sale, but we can go after little, little sales and ultimately create this revenue stream. So uh, we got into the PNC business and with the, the first 12 months, I was so nervous because we lost all our homes. We lost all of our cars. We were on welfare. We had $5 or actually $200 in our pocket at one point. We were we were just done, done. And when we started the agency, I was working two, three jobs, a graveyard shift. Um, and we just prayed together. We, we, we cried together, but we stuck it through. I remember having my fourth daughter at the time. And, uh, you know, we planted our flag and we said, this is what we want to do. This is our calling. And I was mature enough to think about the long-term effects and, and not chase after the money anymore. So uh, we just, we built Love it that. and built it, worked, worked from home for about five to six years, servicing, selling, every single thing was out off of my cell phone. And ultimately several years ago, opened up a location and started building a team. And that's really when I got into IAOA, starting meet, meeting people like you. And really I, 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 I popped my head out of the foxhole and I thought, you know, there's a better way to do this. There's so many people who are willing to help. I just need to reach out to them. Sorry, I just, dude. I just, I just need to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to a few events, and it really just opened up my eyes. And the industry just became so much bigger. It became for seven years, Jason. I didn't talk to a single soul because I, I would just, I, I literally had to sell a policy uh, to eat. I literally had to go work that hour to get my hourly wage. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really eye opening. And, and, and for you guys that don't time. know, I mean, we're talking, wasn't it out of the basement or out of your home, right? Uh, before you joined, before you started your, uh, your location, you're working two jobs. Um, you're managing this whole thing by yourself. You've got about 300, 400,000 roughly in revenue at that time. I mean, I mean, just, just listen to what I just said, loyal listeners, how many of you guys can work two jobs and then run an agency of three to four hundred thousand in revenue, not premium, revenue. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did, and it was determination. That's a great story, and I love that. Daniel, I want to I want to hit on something real quick. I've thought of this before, and I don't know if I've ever had the guest or anybody I'm having a conversation with to have this. So you were born in Korea. How long did you live there? I came. I was about five years, or four okay, or five. About five. I, I okay, okay. Well, this maybe not maybe had an effect, but maybe it does. I'm always curious of people who come and who are born from other countries and come to America and then go into our military, right? Like, like your your cultural homeland is, is Korea. You have your your. I picture me going into another country and then going into their military and being like, "Wow, you know, I was an American, and now that I'm over here, now I'm doing theirs." Is that a is that a is there any unique feeling to that? Maybe you don't know anything else. Does that make sense when I say that? It, it does. You almost feel like you're playing for the other team. I, in, I guess in, you in could a say way. that. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, this was the first language that I really learned. I learned to read, write here. I didn't go to school in Korea, so this was really home to me. 
Gotcha. So gotcha. when we went in, um, no feelings like that at all. It felt yeah. as if we were serving our country. Yeah. Because right. I was that, here so young. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know there's a lot that come here 15 and 20 and they join the military, you know, and I'm just like, I admire that. It's just like, and I, and I like that. I'm that kind of person that knows and wants to know, like, how does that feel? What's that motivation? You know what I mean? Because those are things that I'll never experience. Um, um, maybe I will, but I doubt it. So anyways, um, that's interesting. That's interesting. So we, so you come on the podcast, people hear your story. I get a crap load of feedback. Definitely one of the top that I um, got his feedback and also as replays, usually after around 90 to 120 days, you'll start to see the downloads start to trickle down um, to like 50 or hundred a day for the certain podcast. Well, this one just kept going, which tells us a lot about the impact of people sharing it and doing different things. And, and, and since then you went on a lot of other podcasts podcasts. Um, and you really, you popped your head out of the foxhole. You got to know a couple people. You came on with me, more people started reaching out and here we are roughly a year later. And Daniel, you've become more of a staple and more of a leader in this industry than I think that you realize. And, and people are looking up to you and they're liking, and you know what I think they see in you, Daniel, they see genuality. You're genuine. You're like, here's who I am, right? Like I failed and now I'm here and yeah, my oh, my oh, my walls are colored orange and everybody thinks that I have just the greatest thing in the world, but what I do is I have the greatest staff. What have you learned in the last year now that your head's been out of the foxhole? Gosh, you know. I know, that's a loaded a great, question. It, well, it's a great question. It's a great question. I, I've, learned, I've learned there's so much to do. And there's never, there's never a finish line. And before, um, you know, Jason, when I was in the mortgage business, right, just with, with my own pen in a quarter, I personally made revenue 225,000. And, 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 but when I did that, it's like, I just checked out for a month or two and I didn't care about anything because I made all this money. Oh. That, now, now if we have a big sale, it's, it's about, okay, where's the next one? Or how are we going to position ourselves to replace our biggest referral source or to replace our biggest account? It's, I think there's a little bit of maturity in that. I agree. Um, but I, I've learned I'm not, I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest. Um, but there's, I, there's things that I can teach because of what I've gone through. And there's people that I can help. Mm-hmm. But also there's people that also will help me um Great. so it just it's it's never there's there's no finish line this is a long long journey it's a slow journey but it's a it's a long life to live miserably but it's a short life to live well wow wow I got to get the time in the, in the pot. That was great. That was, that was very well said. And I like, I like how you say there, would you not believe that delegation has been part of your success? It's been a huge part. It's been a huge part. Cause again, every, I remember driving up to San Francisco, finally taking a family vacation. We were on the five freeway. I get a EOI request. So I put an out of office reply going on family vacation. I'm going to be out in a meeting for an hour, right? So please allow me some time to get back to you. I pull over on the five freeway. I get the laptop out while I'm in my driver's seat. And I send out that evidence of insurance, right? Because it was just me delegating. And I truly, truly started delegating probably this year, Jason, to be completely honest. Okay. I, I am no longer quoting and binding. 
for the fourth time. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I did try it, went back in, tried it, went back in. But I truly have the staff and team members now in position where even if one or two don't work out and no, are no longer, no longer with us, I still have other teammates that can step in. We we're in it right now. I have been through some of my biggest challenges right now because basically my whole service team is no longer here. Um, and that's about 27 years of industry experience that left. Uh, one, you know, some were let go, some were, you know, moved on to, um, you know, another city, but I'm finding out that if you, the team is here to step in and we'll figure it out, you mm -hmm. know, and it was a, it's a big part. It's a, the, the, the service team left, um, but we figured it out. So as long as the as the bond, the leadership, the respect for each other is solid and and strong, people are willing to chip in. You know, I had so many teammates come to me and say, Daniel, don't worry about it. We got you. We got mm -hmm. your back. We'll figure it out. If I got I got people coming in on Sunday, staying till eight nine o'clock, and I haven't even said a word. They're not asking me. Why? I'm not asking them. Why do you think they're doing that? What kind of culture are you providing that makes them want to do that, Daniel? I think it's a, a uh, uh, there's there there's a level of appreciation, there's a level of respect, Ooh. Ooh, and okay. there's a level of let's get through this together. We're not on opposite lines here or, or side sides of the line. We're here together, mm -hmm. so it's been a true blessing, and it's it almost makes me cry when I get a service question on Sunday afternoon at five o'clock because I know they're here in the office and they want to get some clarification on what to do. It's really, it's, it's really humbling. It really is. Yeah, I bet it is. You know, going from the, yourself in the basement to this. What do you think is the reason why a lot of people don't delegate at an earlier time? Is it the thought of um, they don't want to push? They feel as if they're pushing work on somebody for that they should be doing. Or do you think it also has to do a lot with the fact that no one can do it as good as me because I'm the one who, this is my baby. What was it for you? What do you think is the reason why a lot of agents don't delegate? I think one of the main reasons is expense. Um, you know, mm. it, it, it costs mm. money to build a team, True. to hire staff. But not only the, the, the hard line expense, it's the opportunity cost as well. So that was my biggest thing, but also the letting go. Um, and I figured out that, hey, you know, they could send that email just as good or better than me. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and, and I might be able to connect with this person. And I thought it was just the best connection that I had with them. But then, you know, a 24-year-old a, a comes in and just knocks it out of the park. And now we're getting 10 referrals a month from, from, <laughs> from this lead source. So it was really just letting go, um, controlling, and also not fearing that it's not going to get done properly. But also a mm -hmm. lot of that is just like, like you always say, you know, train them well, mm -hmm. train them well, um, you know, check up on them, check in with them. And I would much rather have versus me writing 200,000 a month. I would much rather have 10 people writing 50 a month. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? So, yes. Yeah. And you know, and, and we say that and you, you let me know that there's a third Avenue there and you're right. It's um, sometimes we know we have the staff that can't do it. 
but we're lazy as agency owners. Now, let's be honest, little listeners, just, just think about this as you're driving down the road, look off into the sunset, and also as you're running, check out ways, keep, keep looking ahead. But I want you to think about this. Are we not delegating because we don't trust the people, not so much that, that we can do it better, but that they can't do it well at all? And instead of, you know, I've said it before, and this sounds mean, but it's about everybody in the team. If you can't change your people, change your people. Because it has to do with the fact that one can take it down. You know, one of the things when we're talking about this, this happens to be when I'm talking to loyal listeners and Daniel about delegation. Okay. So like when we think to ourselves, like, what does that mean? Like what? So we just start pointing at people and say, okay, you're now in charge of, uh, you're in charge of this or you're in charge of that. I think there's a lot more to it. It's culture, right? You can't, you, if you got a team that's very selfish and doesn't understand the importance of helping one another, you can't expect them to help one another. And you can't expect them to understand the importance of helping one another if leadership is not conveying that message. Is that right, Daniel? That's absolutely true. It, it always starts at the top. Always and, and, I, and I think every single leader has to take full responsibility for all the failures, but also pass on the successes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and I, and I think that's where a lot of, you know, it comes down to fear, right? It comes, and also the leaders getting out of their comfort zone, yes. right? As leaders, we have to keep pushing that envelope because we expect a lot of things from our staff and our team members, but yet we don't push ourselves. Um, and the staff needs to see that. The staff needed to see me the last 18 months um, become a more of a uh, uh, more known in the industry. They they need to see me on podcasts. They need to they see do. me connecting and going to events. It's not because they I want them to look at me as this awesome guy, but it's because they need to see me pushing. Yes. And, and, and going out there networking to grow the agency, to have more opportunities for the agency, which ultimately is does wonders for everybody's career, whether they stay with Great Park Insurance or not, right? Mm-hmm. While they're here, they need to be challenged. And I think that's where a lot of people or a lot of leaders are afraid of is if I challenge them, if I push them, I don't want them to quit or I don't want them to crumble. My leadership style is I'm going to push, 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 push because – I want to see where your breaking point is and I want to see how you react to it. Not what the outcome is, but how you react to it. Mm, mm, love and that. Because one or two things are going to happen. They're going to either succeed or, or quit. And if you're going to quit, just quit now so I can get the next stud in here. That's, that's right. That's kind of my leadership style. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast Certified.
That's exactly mine too. And here, dude, I'm, I'm not scared to fire. I'm really, truly not. Um, and, and here's the thing, because I feel it is it best for both parties, actually three parties, if you want to feel about the agency owner, them, and the staff. Um, I tell this to my staff, and, and this sounds ruthless, but you have to understand where I come from, and my team does. We're having the conversation of ha- caring and sharing and culture and all this stuff that we talk about on a, on a weekly basis or whatever we, we do. The one thing I have to remind them, and I have to always remind this to to new people, is that, um, and I do it in front of everybody, is that I I correlate this with a ship. This agency is a ship, and it is sailing. And the only way this thing can properly sail is everybody has to do their job on the ship. Now, we have 14 people on the ship, and it could be one person doesn't do their job and doesn't row their oar, and we're spinning in circles. It takes one person to not do what the captain says before you have mutiny of everybody. So being a business owner of and being the captain of that ship, I tell this to my, to my staff. I don't tell this to I'm probably told this, this five times in the last 10 years. But this is a ship, and I will make you walk the plank in a minute if you don't do your job. And, and, and initially, they look at you, you know, like, what the? God, who would say that? Well, here's the reason why I'm going to say that. Sarah, I'd make you walk the plank because I got 13 other home payments over here that I'm responsible for. I got 19 other car payments that I'm responsible for and seven kids in college right now. I'm responsible for that. They're responsible for that next person who has that car payment. So if you're not going to do that, now we're going to spin in circles and now the whole ship is going to suffer and maybe sink. No one person is bigger than this ship. I promise you that. And so why I want you to know that, Sarah, is you can take that as, wow, he would make me walk the plank, or anybody at this table should take it as, wow, he cares so much about me that he's willing to do everything he can to not let us fail. And we've also had that conversation, and Daniel, I want to go here with you. The conversation that Billy Wagner talks a lot about, God, he's a jewel, isn't he, inside the insurance, inside the, he's a hell of a champion inside the mastermind. And he makes us think about the podcast I did where he will pay off your debt, right, of his employees. He talks about all the things they do, and before they have a talk of what's important to the agency, it's what's important to you. He tells the story of one of his assistants saying, I've lived in this four bedroom or two bedroom, whatever it is, apartment. My kids can't play outside. I want a house. I want to live in a neighborhood, you know? Well, what's it going to take to get you there? And when we all have that understanding, now walking the plank for one person is understandable to the whole group because they're like, yeah, man, I'm trying to, I'm doing my part. Sheila's doing her part and we're trying to get a, a new house, right? So that sounds rude when we say that, but I think for your team to understand that that's the culture that we then can start delegating and relying on. Daniel, sorry, I long-winded there, but what are your thoughts on some of that stuff? No, that, that was perfect, you know, and... And I think leaders are scared um, to to have that conversation because they truly, truly, truly don't believe it or they truly don't put in the effort or are sincere like you are. That's true. Um, and, and, true. and, you know, yeah. we have to care enough about the team and their well-being, right? Um, you know, there's, there's only so much you can buy, so many homes you can have, so many cars you can have, right? Um, I, one of, one of our goals is I always tell people when they come on board, uh, there, the, the, there's a couple of important things to me. 
important things to me when you come on board. It's your personal growth, professional growth, your spiritual growth, and your income growth. Ooh, and, love that. And, and, and I tell them there's a few things where I'm directly connected to. All right now, I really do believe your income should go up every year. If you're doing a great job, if you're helping the bottom line, if you're if you're a good team member, your income should grow up, and it doesn't matter what position you are. That's some right. people, some of my team members come on with no experience. Within the first 12 months, they get four raises, not because they ask for it, because I'm because they deserve it. That's and, right. And I want them to see that I'm investing in you, right? Um, but right. I think it. we need to. I think we need to have a deeper relationship with the team. Now, not everybody wants that on the other side, but that's okay because it 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 will come to surface sooner, quicker, and they're probably not going to be around because it's just not a good fit, right? Mm-hmm. You have there's so many people out there. You have to just find the ones that 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 fit your agency. And I always tell people, look, we're an awesome agency. You're a great person, but we just might not be the best fit. For whatever reason, you might not do well here, but at the other agency down the street, you're going to just kill it, right? Right. But we just, we're just we just looking for that connection. And and you, when you mentioned Billy Wagner, I had a chance to connect with him. And I mean, just his hiring process and the, oh. just amazing. I, the 30 minutes I was on with him, I learned so much, right? Uh, but he's a great example of somebody who invests in their team. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, think about this. Daniel, you just made me think of something. So whenever we as a team are in the same, um, and I'm talking about like the ship, and we're all on the same uh, team, and we're working together, and we're all trying to grow this thing together, and you have one person that doesn't do it, that can pollute the whole team. And a solid team will, as you said, help that person rise up to realize that that's probably an issue. Think of what happens on the other side. I never thought about this. If you don't have a culture and you don't have people who understand that we're trying to help each other, they're all going to start doing their own things. And then you actually have team members that start covering up for the other person. Why? Because they're doing their own things. So your, your ship is never going to sit still is the answer here. You're either going to have that conversation, bring them together and help them understand the importance of everybody working together, or you're not going to have that conversation and you're actually going the opposite way because they're actually helping each other cover up. You know, this Tuesday notices that Kevin's always on his cell phone, but she doesn't want to say anything because we may take away her cell phone or we may start watching about her on her cell phone. That's the opposite thing that happens other than, hey, Kevin, you're not hitting your KPIs and that's wearing down the team. I don't really want to say anything to Jason, but can you, is there a reason why you're on your cell phone? And they start helping each other, right? That's right. something I had never really put together the other side until something that you said. So that was good stuff. That was good stuff. Wow. Uh, Laura listeners, I really didn't have any anticipation to go here, um, but I think uh, delegating tasks are just such an important thing. And it's kind of like we hear the saying all the time, you shouldn't work in your business. You should work on your business. But people always stop right there, Daniel. They ever talk about like, what, what, what the hell does that mean, right? So when we talk about delegating tasks, we're always taught like, hey, you should delegate tasks. Like, what the hell does that mean, right? Does that mean I just, as we were talking about, do I just stop and just start giving that? I think it starts at an understanding of where we're at because once again, you could just give something to somebody. Um, and if it hasn't been properly explained to them or trained to them, they have no idea what to do. Um, 
Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, Daniel, what are some of the things you learned out there? Um, just kind of the things. I mean, was there any type of thing whenever you were on my podcast and then you put your head out of the foxhole and now you're over onto this podcast and that podcast? Anything that uh, you realize besides the fact this is the greatest industry God ever created? Uh, on a high level or kind mm -hmm. of on a. Yeah, uh, anyway, on a anything, anything that you can think about. You know, the family and the kids and the wife is such a big part of my life, just like any other any other dad. Um, I, you know, what's really interesting is I, I started just a couple months ago thinking about um, the the end game for me, and it's and I know you already have this all planned out, which is well, which is amazing, it. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it was funny because I I was thinking about my retirement and things, and I'm forty, I'm turning forty two in a couple months. And I'm still young, and I don't think I'm not going to retire for another 20, 25 years or so. Because I think you know you just get better, and you know, uh, the industry provides so many options in your later years, right? Uh, but I've I've learned to be a little bit more um, uh, concerned with the legacy I leave behind. Oh, wow. uh, I I I I'm, I'm thinking about um, how I want the staff to be involved in maybe ultimately the buyout or the transition not everybody but there are some few key players here who are very who have a uh, a very big responsibility in the success of great park insurance mm -hmm. so and and just connecting with with others in the industry um but yeah it's it's been um it's it's very i'm, I'm thinking about it on a more of a higher level if, if that mm -hmm. makes sense no it is uh, yeah. it does it does and those are some of the those are the stuff those are some of the things that really take you back and you go, wow, I'm really thinking about that, right? It, it's weird because I, I, t I tell everybody, hey, listen, it's our first year over again. Our, we have to have that mindset of just we're getting after, we're getting after, we're getting after. And like you said, you know, it's, it's because who are we not helping by not growing? Not only the clients, but our team members. Who's not here that should be here right now because we're not big enough? Right, Ooh, be because we have some wonderful teammates, but I guarantee you, there's other wonderful people out there that should be here, right? Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, because we don't have the budget, because we don't have the um, the physical space, they're not here, right? So we're we're always pushing, right? It's it's yeah. always we're we're never like you said, we're you're you're never staying still. You're either dying, right, or mm -hmm. you're growing. That's um, the truth. Yeah, and and you when you mentioned your ship, it's just a visually. You know, uh, you're you're absolutely right. Everybody could be doing their part, rowing on the right, rowing on the right or left, but if the guy or the gal who was supposed to lift up the anchor doesn't lift up the anchor, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> right? Great analogy, so, bro. So so everybody just needs to do their part, no matter how big, how small they think it is. Everybody mm -hmm. matters, and as long yeah. as the leader is conveying that one single direction, right? With time, it all works out. I love pictures um, in my ev. I help my. Um, I love to help my clients understand why they need coverage based on stories, and I love to help my team understand why they need to do things based on uh, some of those stories, like I do with the, the the ship. Another one I do is an empire. Like personal lines is not a department; it's an empire. And you, Jeremy, have been declared governor 
of that land, right? You can do whatever you want. Just be nice to the people. Do what I've what we put in place, and then we have commercial lines. And Marvin has that, you know, has that empire, and I call it that. And whenever I'm talking to them, I ha- I have to say to them, hey, think about what you're doing right now for the longevity of your empire. Like that, that's how we talk, right? Because awesome. inside of the mastermind, I purposely use the word champion because that makes us think of winning. You don't think of crossing a fish finish line as a champion and you lost, right? It right. doesn't, doesn't right. work that way. So I like to do that kind of stuff because it allows me to convey to them over and over that they are the owner of that empire. We talk about that all the time out of the five uh, truths of insurance. Number uh, four is empire builder. That's just not for me. That's, that's, for, that's for everybody who's involved in my agency as far as the five truths of insurance. Um, so I'm constantly trying to put those things in their head so they see themselves. I want them to come to work knowing that they're growing an empire. You know, and that just sounds really fun if you really can convince the person of that, you know. Yeah. And if it makes them feel like they're taking ownership of it, right? They're mm-hmm. they're responsible, right? And if they're leading a team, then they're looked upon as leaders themselves and they have an obligation to serve the team. So Correct. Wonderful, wonderful strategy there. I, I just try to picture, I paint it. I, maybe that's just the way that I learn, but I like to, I like to learn that from that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Daniel, wrapping up here, um, anything you'd like to say or anything you'd like to talk about? We talked a lot about a lot of good stuff here. This damn thing actually went really fast, yeah. um, to be honest with you. But anything you want to say uh, to any of the loyal uh, listeners out there? Yeah, one, one analogy also that I use when I'm recruiting. Oh, come on, come on. Is, is I, you know, and, and this is talking to a stud or a studette. I, and, and if they just haven't figured it out, their career or just their income where they want it to be, I tell them, hey, look, man, you know, you, you're a football player, but you've been playing on a basketball court, basketball court your whole life. Ooh. I'm just going to put you on a football field so you can score a touchdown. Right. Come and they, on, and, and, and you see, and, the, and aha, they get it right. They're, you know, they're pumped up. Um, so, but, but one of the things, uh, Jason, that I publicly want to say to you, my friend, is uh, I am so thankful for uh, you allowing me to be in the group um, and part of kind of your world. I have learned so much, but also um, the podcast that I did with you was my first podcast ever. And I was so nervous. My, I was talking to my wife about it for several weeks prior up to, you know, before the podcast. Um, but I make it. I, I make it a rule. It's it's one of my first tests whenever I'm interviewing. I have my first interview, and I think if I think there it's worth going to the second interview, the thing that I say is, okay, as soon as you leave the interview, uh, go ahead and email me. I, once you email me, I will reply back with a podcast that I was on to help you understand the story of the agency and the mindset. And, wow. And if they don't reply back that day, I don't hire them. If they reply back, I email them the, your podcast. Um, and I kind of, you know, I, and it's, it's really eye-opening because some I never hear back from. I never hear back from because I think it scares them too much. It's too intense, right? And then some, that dad who's just kind of beaten up his whole life, who has two, three kids at home. You know, they call me right back and say, Daniel, I l- just listened to it. And I know it's, it's, it was an hour later after i so i know they they listen to it right away and they tell me daniel this is a spot that i want to be i want to learn under you i want to be coached under you you know you you inspire me right so it was a it's been a true you have helped me more than you know (laughs) but i wanted to share that with you 
Wow. Wow, that's uh, interesting. I've never heard somebody doing that. So that is awesome. Um, and that is your story, man. That is your story. So that only makes sense. That only makes sense. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading? Right now, I am reading, I have it here, Unlearn by Barry O'Reilly. Basically, unlearning all the other the things that you learned and doing it, learning it the right way and, and changing wow. and adapting. It's really good. People say, I say this all a lot, loyal listeners, forget me. Billy Williams always says, well, Jason, you need to have better routines. You need to have better habits. I know, Billy, but, you know, he says, I know. Ain't no but, Jason. He said, you already got routines and habits already. They're just the wrong ones. Yeah, right? Nice. That's what you're talking about, that book there. Unlearning that stuff and putting the right ones in, you know? I do, I do the same thing in the first hour of every morning. I drive the same way to work, you know? I get Starbucks for my wife on Wednesday and Friday with my Starbucks, and I get a pup cup for my dog, but not on Tuesdays, <laughs> Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I mean, this is what I do, you know what I mean? And, I mean, I do the same thing. I usually go to lunch about the same time. So it's really, really true when you think about that, like how to do those habits and some of those things that Billy's helped me with. Um, you know how much I love Billy? How much? How much Billy has helped Jason Cass? My wife said to me, she said, Jason, your birthday's April 13th. I'm turning 43. She said, what do you want to do for, for it? I said, honey, I said, I want to go out to dinner the weekend before. I don't want to go out. My birthday's on a Tuesday. She says, okay. I said, but you know what I want to do on my birthday? She said, what? I said, I want to fly down and I want to play golf with Billy Williams. Oh, how cool and is she that? Looked right, she looked right at me and was like, do it. And I mean, it's not that mom was telling me, but we all know as married, once mom okays it, shit's happening, right? And so <laughs> yeah. I was like... I was like, yeah, let's do that. Called up Billy. So I'm flying down there on Monday night on uh, the 12th. He's picking me up. I'm staying at his place. We're playing golf all day. I'm getting back on a plane 5 o'clock on, on Tuesday, my birthday, and flying back home. Wow. Never been able to do that. And, you know, I, uh, I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm kind of looking forward to that. People have no idea. I think you do as loyal listeners. Like Billy means so much to me. He put so much simplicity in my life, you know, and, and made my business better. He told me years ago, Jason, the day you stop selling policies is the day your agency changes. He was right. Now, do I still prospect the big whales? Yeah, because I like it and I'm really good at it. But once that comes in, I'm meeting with them and getting it turned over to my team because that's actually what they're good at, right? And then I go back and, but if it's a $20,000 account, I don't. I've got team members that do that, you know? So he's been so much to me. He's been, he's been, and that's why I talk about him all the time, loyal listeners, because he's been so much. And the thing about it is, is Billy has a calendar that he'll give anybody at any time, and you can go on there and schedule a call with him. And your first one or two, hell, he'll probably give it to you for free because he does everybody else. He just wants you to be better. Um, I really do think for people like Billy Williams. Uh, you, you, you know him a little bit. Have you met him personally and in, in, in face-to-face yet, Daniel? I have, I have uh, never met him. Uh, nor have I, you know, uh, chatted with him, but I hear him everywhere and I listen and I hear you talk about him all the time. All and the I, time. I've listened to several podcasts that he's been on. Uh, just he keeps it simple and he puts it in your face. He does yeah. it. He does it. And that's right. He's ruthless. Like, why are you doing this? You know, God, he throws it right at you. So anyways, last question, because I know you and your wife. I saw you guys take a trip uh, last weekend or the weekend before. So yeah. I remember that you and your boo, you probably weren't watching Hulu then. Maybe you're getting your kicks on Netflix. So Amazon Prime, what are you watching when you're trying to wind down? I know you don't watch cable television or anything. Is there anything you watch to kind of chill out? 
Well, for the first time in my life, we just finished up a K drama. I don't know if you watch K drama, Korean <laughs> drama. It's 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 huge, Jason. I and this is the first one. It's been huge for years, but this is literally the first one I ever watched. It was called Love, Marriage, and Divorce. <laughs> I don't know it, <laughs> but it was yeah. It was my wife. And what are you talking about? K drama. K drama. It's called Korean drama, but it's a whole genre. And really? there's yeah, it's but <laughs> would it be would it be similar to like uh, uh, Americans in our soap operas or no? That's exactly it. That's, that's exactly what, okay. it. All right. Yeah, yeah. A, and, and so it's yeah. season kind of. I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I guess all nationalities. All I'm just I was blown away about how big the audience is. But it was my first time, so she she likes the fact that. How about you and your boo? You guys went to uh, San Francisco recently. I always see you with your kids and you're playing tennis and you're at work. And it was refreshing to see you and your loved one. Where'd you guys go? Yeah, we, we went to Vegas. And, you know, we're about four hours away from Vegas. So oh, I thought my, it was San Francisco. Yeah, That's my, right. It was Vegas. Yeah, my yeah, mom yeah, come, yeah. My mom comes over and spends a night. But we literally went – we were there for less than 24 hours. But, Jason, she, we went to dinner. She didn't have to get five plates ready before she ate. You know, we, we just, we talk in the car, we just connect. We did the zip lining thing down in Fremont, downtown Las oh, Vegas. Love it. it was, it was, we woke up late, went to brunch, you know, it was just a good time, man. But we were there less than 24 hours, but we do did that you about. Flew in, did your dinner and stuff and flew back out? We drove four hours. Oh, you, oh four hours done. Yeah, You've four hours there and then four hours home. back. But so we do that once a quarter because you got to connect with your wife, with your spouse. And we do date night about once a week. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, she's like my wife. They're beautiful, so they're easy to take out, right? Exactly. It's just like, well, I'm going to show off today. I'm going to take my wife out. You there know? you go. <laughs> That's yeah. Hey, Daniel, I appreciate everything you do for the independent agency system. I really, truly do. Give you a couple minutes to close up. Anything? No, you know, just um, gratitude every day, my friend. Gratitude for the people I know in the business. Gratitude for the team. Gratitude for the wife. And just uh, better together. Yeah, it is better together. Really, really, really do appreciate you. Appreciate you being a champion. I uh, really, truly do. And to all you loyal listeners, you know that I do what I do because I do it for you. Um, I really, really enjoy this. I, I, I can't I, – I say that saying because one day I thought to myself, like, why do I do what I do? And it is. I do it for you. You've heard me say it before. I know that one day – you heard Daniel talk about it, about the legacy that he's going to leave. The thing that's interesting about this legacy, and little listeners, this is the first time you've heard me say it. You know how passionate I am about this. There is some 15-year-old or 5-year-old girl or guy out there who's going to own this baby. And they're going to have the life that I have, right? If that's not a reason to build it, to build it for your future and it's your IRA, I get it. And for your own family or whatever, I get it. But think of the legacy when you talk of legacies. Sometimes we think of legacy with our kids. Think of legacies. I mean, and think of people that are going to benefit in the future. Think how many agencies are around that have been around for 80, 100 years. Think how many car payments and house payments and lives and, been, and things have been created off that. Don't lose the the sight 
of, of what we really truly have. It's not ironic that Google and some of your best advertising is not paying for it. It's in the long game, the long tail, people finding you. I think it's not so much of just what we're having and doing today and the money we're making, but the money that we make, the money that Daniel and I make as agency owners is not even close to the amount of money and the things in the lives that are going to change over the next 10, 15, 30, 50, 100 years. And that's good to know. And that makes you realize that you have purpose, and purpose is important. Um, thank you very much for your time, Daniel. Thank you very much for loyal listeners. You don't have to do this, and I get it. I want to also welcome you. Also, you may have noticed as a loyal listener to the AI Podcast Network. We have a lot of things going on about this time right now. It is March 16th. I imagine this is rolling out probably around the first week of April um, or so. We now have Caitlin Agar, who comes out on Monday. I'm out on Tuesday um, when you're probably listening. Well, you may not be. You may be missing it a day late. Wednesday is Josh Lipstone. Explain this ba- uh, book to me. Thursday is the Ryan Hanley Show. Uh, Friday is Agents Influence. And that one right now is being hosted by our guest host, Mitch Richmond, or Mitch Gibson. And yeah, Mitch Gibson. I always want to call him Richmond. Um, Mitch Gibson. And pretty soon, when he's over, Michael Crowley is going to be taking him and doing a four or five podcast series on family agencies. So that will be taking over. You're also going to be noticing uh, Charles Speck from Permission Group Marketing is going to join us for two podcasts a week where he's going to teach sales, literally teach it online for commercial lines. And he's also going to bring on buyers, which I think is interesting. And he's going to hear about how they buy insurance and why they think that is important, which is really, really exciting. Um, So we've got a lot of stuff coming for you on the network. Our goal is to build a space where you can just come and find any type of stuff that you would need for insurance, whether it's agency operations, sales, marketing, um, AMS systems. We want to build that for you. So we appreciate you being along uh, the ride. And whether you're a loyal listener or a loyal reader with Josh, we greatly appreciate you. We really, really, truly do. So today, this was Agency Intelligence, where I gave you a real agent inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence. And that is Mr. Daniel Song. And I'm Cass. And we're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.